The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. one-on-one with Poppy Chulo. Today is Friday, October 3rd, 2014, and I'm your host, Poppy Chulo. Listeners, please welcome to one-on-one with Poppy Chulo, rising adult star, hip-hop artist, and the owner of WeAre321.com, Flint Dominic. Welcome to the show, Flint. What's up, man? How you doing? Fantastic. And you? Awesome, man. Awesome. Just in the studio, enjoying my time away from porn right now. Sounds like a plan, man. And, uh, that's, that sounds awesome. I can't wait to uh, sort of pick your brain about that as well as to talk about you and the industry. I feel like you have a really unique story, and I can't wait for you to share it with the listeners. So uh, so this is certainly a treat for me and a treat for all of your hardcore fans and supporters out there. Thank you. I just appreciate being on the air, man. I appreciate the love. Absolutely, man. So before we jump into the interview, I always like to start things off by getting some of, uh, you know, an interviewee's stats out of the way. I'm sure the majority of the listeners and the fans out there haven't had the chance to see you in person, so they only get to see you in the various scenes that you've been in. So let's get some of your physical stats out the way. What's your height and weight? I am 5'9", but 65. That's what's up. What's your ethnicity? I am Scottish and Italian. I guess you'd say I'm a white boy. Okay. You know, Caucasian, but whatever. There you go. What's your (laughs) zodiac zodiac sign? I'm I'm Sagittarius. Okay, awesome. And how old are you? I'm 30, I'll be 34. I'm getting old. That's what's up. 34 November. Awesome. Happy early birthday. Yeah, thank you, sir. Thank you. You're welcome. So, I want to start off by getting to know the man behind the performer. Where are you originally from? Ooh, this could take a look at. I was originally born in the Air Force Academy in Colorado Springs, um, but I only lived there for a couple weeks, and um, I grew up actually all over Europe. So, I didn't actually move back to America until I was about seven or eight years old. So, actually probably later than that. Yeah, I've lived in England, Scotland, France, Italy, Germany, Turkey, lived all over the place. Good grief, that's what's up, man. International, uh, international Mr. Flint Dominic. Yeah, yeah, and and because because I moved around so much as a little kid, I never really had a real chance to make friends. Um, I was always the new kid all the time, everywhere I went. So it, it, you know, made me to where I'm not, you know, I'm not scared of being up in front of 
public, you know, up in front of people, you know, it made me kind of want to be the center of attention, you know, because I was always the new kid everywhere. Oh, okay, that's so. yeah. That, I mean, I guess that makes sense. It could be very difficult to uh, to make friends and to to sort of try to fit in if you're you know consistently changing locations you don't really get the chance to make the bonds that uh that a lot of uh young kids get the chance to uh growing up so the the first place i the first place in america i remember is new york city um that was the first place i remember seeing the first place i remember in america as a kid so when people ask me where i'm from i say i'm from new york because the first place i remember in america you know and that's where the that's where Flint came from because um, the longest place I've ever lived is Florida. So I always mm-hmm. loved to rep Florida, you know, so that's the FL. And then I put the Y in on the other side of it. So it's like Florida, New York, button heads. And then I put it, I put a T on the end of it cause I love tits. So, you know, everybody loves some titties. There you go. I like it, man. Sounds good. Yeah. So what was life like for you growing up? Once you settled down in New York, what was life like for you as a teenager? What was going on with Flint Dominic? I was always still always really the outcast. Um, when um, we moved, my, my parents, when my dad got out of the military, we settled in Florida. And um, a lot of crazy stuff happened in my past. Um, we, the first time we lived in, a young kid was, taken off the school bus like a bus stop over from mine and kidnapped and murdered and so my parents moved us out of there um there's a park named after the kid his name was junie rios martinez it was a long long time ago in coco florida and um they moved us to a nice town in um Bavard county florida the 321 yes, back then it was 407 and um i was you know i'm, I'm scottish so i'm i'm fair-skinned i'm a pale I'm a pale motherfucker. So, um, growing up in a little surfer town, I'm still the outcast. And I grew up as the outcast. I never fit in. Um, and, you know, my parents did the best to give me and my, my family the best life possible. You know, but you can't never, you, you can't never dictate how, how kids treat other kids. You mm-hmm. know? So, you know, again, I'll, I, you know, I've, I've always, I guess, wanted attention. I don't know. Never really got it. You know, um, started playing football, um, you know, and then just turned into a bad kid. Um, had one of my best friends end up committing suicide, so I quit football and started selling drugs. And um, realized that's not what I wanted to do. So I started, I went to culinary school, West Palm Beach, became a chef. Um, during that time was when Gold Teeth came out. And um, I brought gold teeth. I went to college in West Palm Beach, and I drove back home for Christmas with gold teeth. Everybody wanted them. So I started a gold teeth business, made a boatload of money doing that, and um, opened my first restaurant with my best friend's mother. And it was a little breakfast restaurant, and I decided I, I hated that four days into it. And opened another restaurant, and um, it was going good for a while. And ended, a kid ended up getting shot and killed in the parking lot. So they closed that restaurant down. And I was lost. I didn't know what I was going to do with my life. And during that time, I had another two friends die. And um, I made a bucket list. 
of everything I ever wanted to be in life. Anything stupid, wrestler, football player, porn star, rock star. And I crossed off everything. I couldn't cross off porn because to me it just wasn't impossible. I've always been a dreamer. Um, I've had two jobs for other people and I hated it. I've always wanted to be my own man, work for myself, um, do my own thing. You know, um, I guess you could say um, that I, I don't, I don't know how you could explain it, man. I, just, I wanted to be my own person. So um, went on the internet because I thought porn was illegal and looked up porn law. I found my attorney, AJ Comparetto, out of St. Petersburg, Florida. He was doing a thing called adult seminars. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and um, I took the seminar. Um, it was at a convention called FetishCon, which if anybody has never been to a FetishCon in Tampa in August or September, check it out because it's one of the best conventions out of the whole industry. And um, I took the seminar. Through that seminar, I met Paul and Tracy Allen, who are the owners of the Night Moves Award Show, Night Moves Magazine, out there in Tampa. And um, they were having a thing coming up, which is coming up in a week called, or coming up in two weeks called the Night Moves Award Show Weekend, which is the second longest adult entertainment award show in the country. It's just not very publicized because it's just run by a small family. It's not a big organization like your AVN or your XBIT. And um, when I met them, and I give them all the thanks, and they're the reason me and my company have made it, because they gave us the opportunity to to be a part of the award show, um, introduced us to all the people from California. And through that, you know, because, I mean, when me and my partner started this company, we really didn't know anything about the industry. And, um, you know, through that, we met people, um, big-time stars, big-time producers, main players in the industry. And we listened to them. Um, we learned from them. We shot, 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 shot. We shot a lot. I never performed. Um, we were just shooting, shooting, because I wasn't in it for the um, the sex. I was in it just for the business. And um, AVN came up two years ago, and we went to AVN, and we thought we were big-time shits and stuff like that. Now that I look back, we're kind of embarrassing, but... Um, when I came home, my baby mom had taken everything from me and I was lost. I was, uh, I was devastated and crushed. And, um, that being said, I hadn't performed yet. I still hadn't performed. So, um, <clears throat> well, actually she had broken up with me and we still lived together. So then I started performing to get my mind off. It. Um, she took everything from me after ABN and then, um, I came home from AVN, um, and my buddy Connor Cox called me, um, and he says, yo, man, I'm going to LA. He's like, you know, you need to get away. And I'm like, yeah. And so I bought a one-way ticket to Los Angeles and I had like 1300 bucks and I shot like maybe three hand job scenes. Um, and, um, so I get to LA and, um, anybody who's ever been to LA or lives in South, it's like two times South Beach prices, man. Like it's ridiculously expensive out there. So my 1300 bucks didn't last very long. Um, um, through the, through the connections I met out there, I, I met a man named Jack Vegas. He's been in the industry forever. Just a great, great guy. And, um, he calls me one day and he's like, yo man, he's like, you need to make some money. I'm like, yeah, he's like a guy named Mike diamond. Um, he does the jerk off instructions, hand job or taboo hand jobs, really good websites. Um, he's like, you know, he's looking for a guy. So, 
Um, my first paid scene, I went in there. Um, it was Maddie O'Reilly. And um, I got a hand job from her, and he physically gave me a check. And it was the first time I'd ever, like, had a gorgeous girl touch my dick, and someone actually give me fucking money for it. So I was like, holy shit, you know? It was it was just an amazing feeling. I can't really explain it. And then, um, like a week or two went by, and I met a man named Glenn King. Um, he's um, meanbitches.com. He also um, has a radio show, and um, he shoots his own kind of femdom stuff. And when I met him, I say the same thing to every producer. You know, it's like, hi, you know, my name's Flint. You know, I'll, anything I can do to be a part of this business, I'll do. I know I'm starting from the bottom. You know, anything you ever need, here's my number. You know, I'm always tested, whatever. Like two weeks went by, nothing. And then one day I'm in CBS Pharmacy. He calls me up and he's like, yo, man. He says, can you be here in, you know, 20 minutes? And I'm like, yeah. Um, so I'm, I'm all excited. I rush, I rush to the studio. I meet, you know, I go in there and it's Gabby Paltrova, another gorgeous girl. So the scene is she beats me up, kind of the femdom thing, and gives me a blowjob. He pays me. 250 bucks i'm like holy shit you know it's like it's just the hotter the girls are getting hotter the money's getting bigger so now i'm like really addicted so i'm doing everything to try to find another scene get some more work um jack gets me another scene with red light district it's a gangbang and um five guys one girl the girl with jennifer white and um i did that scene and after that scene everybody gets checks and I'm excited because I got a decent, I got like 300 bucks. And I'm looking around the guys got four or 500 bucks. And I'm like, man, I was like, I look better and I got a bigger dick. So I was like, maybe, you know, what can I do to, you know, try to get this big paper? I want more money. And, um, you know, like anybody, I guess. And um, so through um, Lisa Daniels, who's another big, big reason that me, my company and me have made it in the industry. Not really made. I'm just starting, but you know. And um, she brings me to ATMLA, um, which at that time was owned by Shy Love. And um, when I go in the office, like I'm a fan of porn, like I know who these people are. So when I <laughs> when I walk in there, I know who she is, you know. And it's like holy shit, you know. And she looks at me and she asks me the basic questions, and. Um, she 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 tells me to take because I, I wear gold teeth. That was my my niche in the in the industry. It's like everybody needs their niche, and it's like, all right, well, I don't know. Like maybe my niche is just me because I'm always been weird anyway. Like I'm just I'm just an outcast, a weirdo. So like maybe I'm just be the the first little porn. That's my thing. She's like, okay, which like take the gold teeth out and take the hat off. So. At that day, she handed me a clipboard and had me sign my name on an HMLA contract. At that point, that's when I realized that, you know, maybe I am going to make it in this business. You know, will I be a success? You know, that's still to be determined, you know. But I knew that out of all the men that try to do this industry, you know, there's thousands of women that do it. There's only a, there's only a couple hundred men, maybe not even a hundred, that are signed to a legitimate top agency. And I'm actually one of them. And to me personally, I feel that ATMLA is the top agency in the entire industry. And um, you can have people doubt that here and there, but it was taken over by a man named Mark. Um, 
maybe a little over a year ago. And um, he he didn't have to show me no loyalty. I didn't have a lot of scenes under my belt, you know, and they started cutting a lot of men off the roster. And I sure thought I was going to be one of them. And, um, you know, I, he never did. You know, he's been real loyal to me. And um, I got so much love for them. And to me, that legitimized, you know, this character that I've tried to create. Um, and, you know, now I've shot for, they've got me work with every company. I've shot for everyone. I mean, before I left Cali, um, I did a week shoot for Wicked, you know, and it's like, it's just, it's, it's, it's pretty much a dream. It's like a fantasy, man. I know I babble a lot, but <laughs> you're a good man. So, yeah. So now, you know, it leads, it leads up to, um, you know, to the doors that it's opened. You know, I met, you know, I met a lady named Sloan. She's a makeup artist through Naughty America. And she has a band called Ferrovinka. And one night she hears me rapping. She wants to bring me on a song. And um, so I do the song and she loves it. And um, the, the first, the song gets picked up for a mainstream Hollywood movie. Um, and then she, they, we get booked for a show. And my first live performance ever is at the House of Blues in Hollywood, which, you know, to me is just like a, almost a dream come true. Because like I said a couple minutes ago, I'd made a bucket list and rapper singer was on there and I crossed it off. So in my in my year and a half, little over a year in California, I'd been able, because of the adult industry, you know, un, uncross off that my original dream, the biggest dream of my life to be a musician, perform on stage, that is my love and through that you know i met a music development guy and through that um i got entered in the master of the mic in la um i didn't win it but it gave me you know something to show people and through that you know now i've got some interest you know around the country and i also have got a chance to perform so now two years after my first night moves award show i actually have a 10 minute set to perform during the award show, which this year will be aired on pay-per-view. So everybody can check it out if you can't make it to Tampa. Very awesome, man. Wow, quite the story. Quite the story. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's just incredible, man. So, okay, so my question for you is after hearing sort of all of your your backstory and how you got in the business the idea of being a performer is something that you sort of had on this you know this checklist this bucket list of things that you wanted to do but when you entered the industry you didn't necessarily want to do that so what was it uh, about um being a performer that sort of attracted you back into doing it because as you mentioned you initially wanted to just you know, be behind the scenes and do the production aspect, yeah. but then all of a sudden this opportunity yeah. came up. So, what is it about being honestly, a porn star? Honestly, no, no, there's not even anything close. It's red carpet spotlight, dude. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm ne I never thought in a million years I'd walk a red carpet in Hollywood. You know, I never thought in a million years I'd be on an award show. You know, I never thought in a million years I'd have people wanting to interview me. I never thought in a million years I'd have an agent. You know, it's, it's the lifestyle, man, you know, and maybe a little bit the fact that people are jealous of it, you know, um, it's, 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 it's not the sex. I mean, the sex is cool, man, but it is a job. You ask anybody in the business and the sex is just a job, 
you know, it literally is maybe the first couple of times you're all super excited and stuff, but it really is a job, you know, it's taken very professionally in this industry, you know, and that's one thing I, I, I do the interviews for is because I want people to know that it is a good industry. You know, it's just, you know, the people at the top, I just feel don't really give a shit about the industry. They care more about themselves, you know, and their own personal companies or their own personal name. Whereas the industry in whole, no one really gives a shit about, you know? Mm-hmm. Absolutely, man. So overall, how long have you been in the adult industry? Um, I, we started our company two years ago, two Septembers ago, we started 321. We're a little over two years, but I've only been performing a little over a year, maybe a year and okay. a half. And what an incredible year, man. We're going to be talking about that yeah, right? in just a second. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. So you sort of gave us a, a bit about how you came up with your porn name. So you told us how the Flint came into the mix. How did Dominic, with a K at the end, come into the mix? Uh, well, whenever, um, when I was new to the business and I was going out everywhere meeting people, um, I didn't know who to introduce myself as. Um, and my, my real name is Dominic. And um, I didn't know who to introduce. Am I Flint or am I Dominic? And um, my agent told me that I needed a last name and they wanted to make it Dominic Flint, but I didn't because I, I wanted to make, I, I want, I'm not ashamed of what I do. I'm not scared of people knowing what I do. Like I'm proud of what I've accomplished. And I, I don't think if I, if the word Flint's out there, no one really knows. But if someone sees Flint Dominic, they'll be like, I knew a guy named Dominic. And then when they see it, you know, it's like, Oh my God, it's fucking him. Um, for that and the reason that when I didn't know who to introduce, I'd be like, hey, my name's Flint or my name's Dominic. You know, I, I didn't know who, who I was introducing. So I figured I'd knock the two birds, one stone. My name's Flint Dominic. It's both my names and my porn name, you know. So, you know, kind of lazy, I guess. But, you know, I just, I want, I want my recognition, you know, just because I've, I, you know, I've sacrificed so much you know, to get where I am, I, I want people to know who Flint is, you know, and that's why I am so hands-on with my fans or even my friends, you know, like I, I put my life out there for everybody to see because I, I, I want people to know that anybody can get up and change their life, you know, and not necessarily get into porn, but you don't have to not be happy. You know, I was at the lowest point in my life ever. And if I wouldn't have got that call and took in that flight to L.A., I would have never lived this great life. And it's like, you know, sometimes you have to be down and down and down and have your back against the wall, you know, for, for a situation to come up and then you have to take it, you know, and most people don't. And I just want, you know, I just want people to know that anybody can change their life, you know, and go after their dreams. And some people can actually catch them. Exactly, man, which is certainly what you've been doing, which is, Amazing, man. Definitely have to give you major props on that. So, okay, I want to talk with you about that first day on set. Now, you've had, in my opinion, a couple of different firsts, because, like, the first time that you were on a set doing a scene, I mean, it wasn't a hardcore action scene. So, I want to focus specifically on the first time that you were on a hardcore action set. What was that like for you? Were you nervous, excited, scared? What was going yeah, on in your I was, mind? I was, 
I was really nervous. Luckily, like I said, I'd met some, the first, my first hardcore scene was the gangbang I told you about um, with Jennifer White. Um, the good thing was I got it through a friend, Jack Vegas. Um, I'd got, I didn't have a car then because I'd, I'd only been in LA a couple weeks and my buddy Dick Chibbles picks me up and um, he drives, you know, I'm nervous as shit and um, he's driving like a bat out of hell you know, down um, the, 40, the 401. And if anybody's been to LA, you know, traffic is crazy. And he's just flying down there. So it took my mind off it a little bit. Um, getting there, I'm still nervous, but at least I had some buddies. You know, and I'm a real friendly person. So I'm like going up and meeting everybody. And Jennifer White, she happened to be so nice to me, you know, that day. Um, anybody who's watched the scene, it wasn't that great of a performance. So like I said, I was nervous. I didn't really know my place. Um... I did realize um, one of the times when I'm I'm on the bottom of the, I'm, she's riding reverse cowgirl and I got two guys getting head above me, and you know, my shoulders and top because I'm bald, and the top of my head um, just keeps getting hit with this liquid and my shoulders keep getting hit, so I look up and it's like nothing but slobber and cum from like both sides like landing on me and shit, <laughs> so that was a little um, that was a little like all right, this is the real porn, you know, because people on people, people see like they see what they see on TV or on the internet, you know, but they don't feel like the, the realness of like other people spit and fucking the, the real side of it, you know, like come and spit like landing on you and shit like that, you know? So it's like, that's when I realized, you know, if that didn't bother me, then maybe I, I can really do this. Um, you know, but the thing about the thing about the adult industry is they're always trying to get you to do what normal people can't do, you know, because nobody wants to watch people making love on TV. You know, they want to see people pounding on, on some weird object, you know, or or banging outside in the 120 degree California heat on a hot ass fucking ground. <laughs> you know, it's like they they want to see something different, you know, so it's 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 really hard for the male performer. I feel like um the male performers don't get enough, they don't get enough respect. Um, cause I mean, to make it as a really big name performer, I mean, there's not very many of them, you know, and, um, they're the ones that are big names have earned where they are, you know, I mean, you know, some of the top guys in the business, they're, they're really good guys and they're really good performers, but you know, it's a lifestyle. It's not just, you know, it's not, it's not as easy as everybody thinks, you know, like every guy wants to do it. Every guy says they can do it, you know, but it's not like taking a girl home, you know, and banging her in your bedroom. Yeah, that's very true, man. Flint Dominic is spitting that knowledge tonight here on <laughs> One on One with Poppy Chulo. I love it, man. You're basically giving the listeners a primer in the adult industry. So I, I, I'm yeah, loving and, and this. And that's, that's what 321 is all about. Again, with my nits of being the first hoodlum, when we started We Are 321, we shot everything because we needed a niche for our site. And um, my favorite company is actually a Florida company, which is Reality Kings. Um, I've just always been a big fan of theirs, and I just thought it was the shit. Um, the, the, and the VIPs and the stuff like that. And it was like, you know, I always thought, wow, these guys are fucking awesome. You know, the, real, the reality of porn. You know, but getting into porn, I realized that it's all fake. Everything's fake. They're, you know, they're awesome and they're good performers, but they don't own Reality Kings. It wasn't their money. It's not their club. You know, and it's like fake. It's like everything in porn is fake. And it's like, what if 
a company that wasn't ashamed of what they do made it real reality, a real look into porn through two guys from the street. Um, we are three, two, one is the most gritty, um, look into porn. Um, we don't have no lines, no fucking sets, nothing. It's just two guys traveling the world, making content, um, partying with chicks. Um, it's, you know, getting tested. It's a real look, you know, it's, it's no BS. Like we, we, we own, we are three, two, one. We run three, two, one. We are backed by a law firm, but we do what the hell we want as long as we clear it, you know, like it's, it's, it's a real look. And I think people want to see that, you know, I, I don't think people enjoy these movies, these fantasy movies and shit, because it's not real, dude. I mean, how many people, you know, actually watch these porn movies, you know, and actually genuinely watch them and enjoy them. You know, have you ever watched a full porn movie? Well, I kind of have to because of what I do. <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay, yeah. But, uh, but I mean, in general, out of, out of your friends, I mean, how many people you know generally watch, will sit there and watch the whole movie? No, it's true. Uh, typically, a lot of you people know? sort of fast forward to what they want to see, and, exactly. and that's kind of it. And, and that's, what we, that's what we want you to be like, what the fuck are these guys going to do next? It's not, all right, here's an interview. All right, she takes her clothes off. All right, she fingers herself. All right, here comes a guy. All right, she's sucking his dick. He's eating her pussy. You know how porn is just so uniform. And it's like, we want people to be like, what the fuck? What are these guys doing? And my, my partner, Mr. C, he's a little angry Mexican. He's all tatted up. And like me, I'm a real happy fucking white guy. Like, so we're like yin-yang, you know, like we're entertaining and shit. You know, so it, it's funny, it's refreshing, it's a new look into porn, and it's a real look, unedited, you know, through two guys that, yeah, we don't know much about the business, but we make quality stuff, it's got hot chicks in it, it's entertaining, it's something different, our niche is us, that's what we found, you know, because there is no reality in porn, everything is movie, everything is Hollywood, everything is, you know, fake, you know, but not us, it's real, It's it's just... You know, two guys that really have no business doing it, but we're lucky enough to be accepted. And we respect the business more than probably anybody. You know, that's the first thing I say whenever I meet anybody. Like, I respect the fact that what you've done in this business. You know, I respect what you built. You know, I love this industry. I'm passionate about it. And I'll be hard-pressed for you, Poppy, to find anybody that's more passionate about this industry than I am. You know, and I want to change it for the better. I want to help it grow into the new era. You know, and it has to, you know, it's been stagnant for so long, you know, and it's a, it's a, it's great, dude. And if people knew the real porn, the real side of porn, like, I don't think people would be so against it, you know? I mean, my mom is an old school Scottish lady. She still thinks the mafia runs the industry, <laughs> you know, it's like people don't understand it and that's why they're so against it. And if I feel if people really took the time to let the world know about it, you know, then it would be more accepted because it is already getting more mainstream. But the fact mm -hmm. of the matter is the people that the people that are making the money in the adult industry don't give a fuck. All they give a fuck is the money, you know, and then you got man winner, mind geek, whatever the fuck he wants to be called now. You know, he comes around and buys everybody, you know, so nobody owns anything anymore. I don't even I couldn't even tell you the name of the comp company that he doesn't own, you know. I mean, fuck, everybody bought Reality Kings. I couldn't believe. I just heard he bought Wicked. You know, if he owns Play, well, like, he owns everything. So it's like, what is the industries anymore? You know, it's going to, I just, I, I, I just want to help it, dude. You know, I love it. And it's full of great people. 
You know, these girls are not drugged up whores. These girls are healthy girls that just love to fuck and party. You know, it's, 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 full, it's full of good people, dude, you know, but it just needs help. It needs someone that genuinely gives a fuck, and I happen to be that guy. Very cool, man. I think you're certainly doing a lot of good in the industry, and I can't wait to see what you do because I have a feeling that it's certainly going to make some waves and hopefully make some changes for the positive in the business. Oh, yeah. I don't, I don't, like I said, I'm not trying to say anything bad about anybody. You know, like I respect every single person that's done anything in this business to help it advance. You know, I'm not trying to step on anybody's toes. We're not trying to slap anybody in the face, trying to say we're better. Or I just, you know, it's like, I just want, you know, like with the testing, it's like no one talks about really the importance of it. You hear about it when there's a moratorium. But other than that, no one talks about it. You know, you got all these 18-year-old kids coming in this business and no one sits down and says, hey, if you go out and fuck this guy, you know, that's not tested, you could catch AIDS and then you give it to everybody. You know, or, you know, it, you know, it's just, I don't know, man. I just, I want, I want to bring like, I don't know. I don't know what I'm trying to do really. I'm just, I just, like I said, I'm just on this mission and I just want to make, help make the adult industry grow into this new era, you know, because us, you know, us, the new people in this, in this industry, we do care, you know, and I've got a good group of people that I've surrounded myself back in Cali. And it's like, we're not in it just to be male performers. You know, we're not in it just to be producers. You know, we're in it because we want to, we want to make a life, you know, for ourselves in this business. We want to make a name for ourselves. You know, my goal, you know, my goal when I got to the first fetish con, when I seen all the girls running to them guys, my goal was to be those guys next year. And when I made it to being those guys, you know, last year I was sitting in like the, 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 I was on the ground floor at the AVNs, sitting next to Tommy Gunn and like big time porn stars. And when I looked on stage, it was like, I want to be on that stage. I don't care if I'm, if, if I'm handing out an award, if I'm nominated, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm presenting an award, like that is my goal. And that's the goal I'm on now. You know, it's like my goal and it won't be this AVN, you know, cause this is like my first year. My goal for next, not this January coming up, but next January is to be on that stage. You know, whether it's, like I said, presenting an award, performing some of my music, um, you know, because that's a whole nother story, what I'm trying to do with that. You know, um, I'm, I want to be the first person that raps about being a porn star. Now, I'm not, I'd never say I'm a star, but if I said I want to be the first male performing rapper, it just doesn't sound right, you know. So, you know, motherfucking stars are like James Dean and um, Vander Corvus, fucking, you know, big, big time, you know, I don't know. There's some, there's some, you know, Evan Stones and stuff like that, you know. So I, I hate saying porn star, but it just fits better with the first porn star rapper. And what I do is I just make songs about my life. And it's like, I love rap. You know, it, it was my, it's kind of my favorite genre of music, but it's like, it's all the same these days. You know, it's like how many... How many guys can live the same life? You know, we get it. You came up from the hood. You know, you sold drugs. You bought a fucking car. You put rims on it. You got some jewelry. You know, now all in your homies are going to the fucking club to make it rain on some bitches while they're twerking. You know, it's like, that's what every fucking rap song is about these mm -hmm. days. It's like, what if someone actually came around that rapped about something different? 
And what if it was real? I mean, even all these people that rap about being gangsters aren't even real gangsters. All this rap music out, they rap about selling drugs and they rap about shooting people and it's all bullshit. You know, all these big time rappers, it's all bullshit. You know, and it's like, what if someone came out that was rapping about being a porn star? And what if he was legitimately a signed porn star? You know, and that's what I'm trying to be. You know, there is another guy out. You know, I'm not going to mention his name that he claims to be the first rap and porn star. But, you know, we'll see what happens. You know, I love competition, man. Like, I wouldn't be here if I wasn't doubted. You know, I love that shit. Awesome, man. Yeah, we're going to be chatting a little bit about the music a little bit later on. And just an FYI, we are one of the few people that actually talk about testing with performers when we do interviews. So we'll be talking about testing a little bit later on as well. Right now, I want to turn the focus back to you as a performer. How For someone out there that hasn't had the chance to see you as a performer in a scene, how would you describe your fuck style? My what? Oh, um... I've, I'm kind of, I'm kind of still working on that. You know, I'm, I, like I said, it's still a work in progress. I'm a more, I'm more of a romantic guy in my personal life. You know, I like missionary and cowgirl, you know, looking into the girl's face, kissing on her. Um, in porn, no one wants to see that shit. So, um, I've had to turn and get a little more aggressive. Um, I don't speak that much because like I said, I'm a fan of porn. One things I don't like in porn are guys talking. You know, I think porn is about the girl. It's about the beauty of this gorgeous girl getting fucked by a halfway decent looking guy. You know, I don't feel like people want to watch, you know, these, these really fucking guys that shouldn't have no business fucking these girls. You know, and a lot of the girls don't give a shit, but it's like, I, I, me personally, I don't want to watch that. You know, um, so um, I, my style is pretty much still a work in progress, dude. You know, um, I kind of, I'm still so new. I kind of just do whatever the director tells me. Um, you know, my strength is, you know, my dick. I can keep that shit hard forever. You know, my weakness as a performer is um, I have an issue busting when I'm not turned on. And it's like, I don't know what turns me on anymore. Because it's like you've been in this business and lived this life. It's like you do all this weird shit. And it's like, what really turns you on now? You know? So, um that being said, I, I'm, I'm still a work in progress, dude. You know, I'm about, I've got about 200 scenes under my belt. Um, and uh, I'd say close to 160, you know, 200 is a little stretching it, you know, and I'm, I'm still, I'm still working on it. You know, um, whenever I do look at my own content, I just like to make sure you can, cause I'm a, I'm a light skinned white boy, man. I'm white. And, um, I like to make sure that I can see my six pack. It's important to me. You know, that I feel like I look good. You know, I want to be, you know, I want to be at least something pleasant to look at, you know, when you're watching some hot shit get fucked. Well, there you go, man. So, I want to break a porn scene down with you. In a scene, which do you enjoy the most? Oral, vaginal sex, or anal sex? Oh, that, um, it's definitely not, I'm not a big fan of anal sex, um, I'd rather fucking the pussy or get head. Um, it really all depends on who the girl is, man. Um, to be honest, I mean, if you get a girl like a, um, like a Tinsley Reagan who can just suck dick like it was meant to be, you know, I'd take that any day because I'm just laying there. Um, you know, the sex scenes can be pretty hard and, 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 and pretty long. You know, I mean, 
your figure you got to have they want at least five to seven minutes of each position five six position you know and anybody who's fucked in real life you know knows that you know fucking for 10 20 minutes like a fucking beast to worry out you know so it's like if you've got to do that for 40 50 minutes and then take breaks every once in a while keep your dick hard i mean it's pretty hard work you know and um so honestly i'd probably have to choose the blow job because, I mean, pretty much you're just laying there, just standing there, you know, which is why if you do look up a lot of my work, I'm a big fan of shooting for massage parlor sites. Um, to me, there's nothing better than going in, getting a full body rub and getting a blow job and getting paid for it. You know, to me, that doesn't get better than that. Absolutely, man. Sounds like the life right there. Yeah, it is. It is. It's addicted. It's really addicting. In a scene, what's your favorite sexual position, and does that differ from your favorite sexual position in your personal life? In a scene, are you talking about watching it or performing in it? In a scene, performing in it. Performing it? Um, my favorite scene in performing is probably reverse cowgirl. You know, just because I love watching that ass just bounce on my dick. You know, I, I know. Um in my personal life, I'm a missionary guy. Like, I love missionary or just have a girl on top of me, riding me, looking at me. I'm kind of lazy in um, my personal life. I don't do a lot of exciting stuff. Um, I always say my fantasy at home is one sexy girl in my bed. Just one girl, one bed. You know, and my boys are like, oh, man, you fuck, you know, four or five girls at a time, man. That must be awesome. I'm like, no, man, that's a lot of work. <laughs> it's a lot of work. You know, that being said, I do love it, you know, but it is work. You know, it is work. You know, we earn we earn that money, and that's um, that's why one of the first things you know I ask every male performer that's been in the business, I always ask them, you know, what what if you could give me one word of advice, you know, what would it be? And almost all of them have said, just don't lower your rate. You know, we've worked a lot, we've worked hard to get our rates up to where they are. You know, and there are some guys making as much as the girls now. You know, and they've earned it. You know, people like a James Dean or a Xander Corvus. You know, I mean. These guys are, you know, to me, they're two of the best young performers in the whole industry. And um, I just respect the shit out of them. They've let me sit there and talk to them. You know, Xander Corvus has treated me like a brother, you know, been really, really cool to me. And um, I don't know, man, it's, it's but it is work, man. It, it's a job. You know, it's it's tough. Like I said, anybody go out there and, you know, try to try to bang your girl for a couple hours and, you know, take a couple breaks here and there. And it's, it's pretty hard work. God, it just started raining. Is it rain down there in Miami? It is. Yeah. Yeah, it just started thundering out here. <laughs> Sorry about that interruption, man. Lightning outside. No, not a problem at all. Seen, yeah, I've, I've been in California for um, a little over a year, and I haven't seen a thunderstorm. It was one of the first things I wanted to see when I came back. And now it seems like it's rained every single day since I've been here. Oh, that's <laughs> funny. <laughs> yeah. And of course, you know, you being a porn fan, you know how the scene ends. The scene ends with the pop shot. So where is yeah. your favorite place to shoot your load? Oh, oh, on their face, of course. Because, I mean, that's something girls won't let you do. I mean, you'll find a girl that'll let you. Any girl will let you come inside them pretty much, which is dangerous. I don't, I don't, I don't really do cream pies. I'm not a big fan of the cream pie. Um, it is, is my favorite place to come. But it's like, you're not, you know, you can't make these girls get an abortion you, you don't know if they're taking plan b you don't know they're on birth control 
So some producer tells me to come inside this girl. It's like, how do I know that I'm not going to get this girl pregnant? You know? So, um, you know, to me, it's, it's a busting on the face. And the funny thing about that is most of the girls always say, you know, don't get it in their eye. And any girl that has ever said that to me, it goes in their eye. And it's not, it's not intentional. It's not malicious. It just happens. And <laughs> there's something in semen, man, that turns girls' eyes pink for like an hour on each hit. It's all the swimmers. <laughs> Overall, throughout this year of you being a performer, what has been one of your most memorable shoots? Oh, probably um, shooting with my one of my favorite porn stars of all time, Tori Lane. That was, you know, just being able to meet her and shoot with her and then I actually gave her a ride home. We got to really get to know each other. It's, it's probably her, you know, it's just, you know, to, to be a fan of these girls like Alexi Bell, you know, and then to actually meet them and become friends with them, you know, and then to actually get to work with them and just like, you know, it's, it's, it's kind of surreal, you know, it's like, whoa, you know, you've looked at these girls for years, you know, and now you're actually friends with them. It's, it's, it's kind of, it's, yeah, it takes a little getting used to, you know, in the beginning I was a little starstruck. You know, I was starstruck when I met both the girls I just mentioned. You know, but after a while and you get talked and you realize we're all just normal people, you know. It's just people that go after what they want, you know, and they actually achieve what they're going after. And you got to respect that. Yeah, and I'm sure there was probably a part of you that was like, please, you know, don't disappoint these grand expectations that I have of you. Yeah. You know, don't be a bitch. Don't be mean. Don't be yeah. this. Don't be that. Yeah. Well, that's, and that's me. Well, I pride myself on being a nice guy. I mean, even in my personal life, like, I treat everybody the same, dude. Like, I'm not better than anybody. Um, I'm, I'm, I, I'm, I'm just a genuine nice guy. Like, I really am. Like, I, I, I don't, I don't have, I don't, you know, I don't hate anything. You know, I have no grudges. I, I, um, my, my, my second family out here in 321 is, uh, um, is a Rasta family from Jamaica. And, you know, I've really loved and adopted the, the, the Rothsparian lifestyle. I mean, not the pork. I love pork. But, like, just loving, you know, loving people, loving the earth, you know, taking care of people, looking out for people, you know. And and I've, I've just lived my life this way. And I feel like because I've done that, you know, karma, I'm a big karma guy. And I feel like the karma is true. You know, I feel like the more good I do, the better my life's getting. And it's how it's worked. It's really, it's really been working out that way. So it's like, I just want to keep doing good so I can keep this thing going, you know? Absolutely, man. That's a great way to think about it. Speaking of all the good, who have been some of your favorite performers to work with? Oh, oh man. Um, Gianna Nicole was amazing. Um, I really, she was yeah, if you don't know who that is. she's from Miami too, actually. Mm -hmm. But yeah, she was she was amazing. Um, God, there's been so many. I feel bad if I left any out. I, I honestly, dude, I've lived a life where it was like if you if you make me come or help me make money, dude, I love you. And it's like I love every girl that I've shot with. You know, like I genuinely do. Like I my thing when I'm shooting with when the first thing I do when I get on set after paperwork is I go and introduce myself to the girl, like because I want to get to know you you know, a little bit, you know, and to be honest, there's only been one girl that I've worked with in the whole industry that was a bitch. And I'm not going to mention any names because I'm not like that. But 
every girl I've worked with has been just amazing. Awesome. We'll talk about that after the show. (laughs) (laughs) That's good to hear, man. It's great to hear that you've had uh, fantastic experiences. Now, I'm sure... Much like your your checklist, your to-do list of things that you wanted to do in your life, you must have a must-do list of performers that you have not worked with yet that you're looking forward to work with. So can you spit off a couple of names of performers that you would love oh, to man, work with in the future? There's so many, man. But the thing is, to get you have to earn a spot to be able to work with these top girls. You know, like you're not, unless you're like Superman looking, which I'm not. You know, the chances of you got to earn your way up to working with these super top tier girls. But I mean, like, oh man, there's so, there's so many of them, man. Like, I'd love to work with Misty Stone, who's one of my good friends. You know, um, God, there's, there's so many. That of would them, be a man. good pair. Yeah, man. You know, like, you know, and she's actually me and her, she's my first porn star friend. Like, me and her had a crazy thing happen the first time I met her. And, you know, she's been mad cool to me ever since, you know, but to like, you know, to like work up to that wicked standard, you know, you know, like, you know, to, to the top tier girls. I mean, that's every guy's, that's every guy's dream. It's kind of like, you know, you work, you want to win an award. You want to be nominated for an award. You have to work for it. You know, I have no issue starting from the bottom, you know, with that being said, that even the girls I work with now, the new girls coming up, the Gian and Nicole's or the Carmen Caliente's, you know, little hot girls from Florida. I mean, these girls, you know, are good girls, you know, they're hot girls and, and, you know, they work harder. They, they make it up the ladder too. But I mean, shit, I can name hundreds. There's so many girls I'd want to work with in this business, you know, and it's like, it can, if you just, if you just, you just work hard. You know, I mean, one thing I've heard in this business, you're only as good as your last scene, you know. So my last scene was with Wicked and then knocked out the park. So we'll see what happens. I feel like I better beat it it around the bush in that question. You did a little bit, but I approve. uh. (laughs) Yeah, someone like Sylvia, someone like Sylvia Saint, dude, like someone like big time, like big time girls, you know, like, you know, that would be my dream, you know, like. Be a, be a star in a movie, be a star of a wicked movie, you know, something like that, you know, I don't know. But like I said, I'm humble where I am. I'm happy where I am. You know, I just, I'm not, I'm not satisfied. You know, I just keep going, keep going, keep going, you know, and we'll just, we'll see what happens. You know, I'm still so new to be able to, as, and that's the cool thing about being a production producer and an owner of a company is I can hire whoever I want and shoot whoever I want for my company. You know, but as a performer, I work with who they tell me to work with. You know, I really, I don't have any pull here and there, you know, so I just kind of do what they tell me to do right now. But that's what I'm going for, you know, just hard work, man. Sounds good, man. You're still a fresh face in the business, so I want to ask, who are some of the people in the business that you look up to? Are there any performers or even, um, you know, heads of companies that you look up to and and say, you know, I respect their trajectory, I I respect what they've done in the business, and, uh, you know, I'm going to use, you know, their story and what they've done as inspiration for me to, you know, do what I need to do. Yeah, as um, well, I got a bunch. As a performer, it's Xander Corvus. I just love the way he is. I love the way he doesn't change for anybody. 
Um, as a as a producer, it's Glenn King. Um, I just love the way he is. He's never been a performer. He's just done it his own way. He's done his own vision. He's created his own world, and I love that about him. Um, business wise, um, and a lot of people will say, ah, the business wise is Porno Dan. Um, the way he runs his business, the way he, you know, constantly shoots for multiple times a week, um, tells his content four or five different ways to me is an absolute genius thing to do. Um, and then, um, on, on my mentor side, you know, it's, um, it's, it's Lisa Daniels and, um, Bear Blade. Um, Bear Blade being my first real mentor, he's one of the top producers in the industry. Um, but he was also a musician coming in to the business. He had his own band called Dial 7. And, um, you know, him and Corvus are kind of the same in that way. Like, they've always been like the black sheep of the industry. You know, the, um, the who the fuck are those guys? Like, they shouldn't really be in this business kind of guys. And that's how I feel I am. You know, because I am a little older. I look like absolutely nobody in this business. You know? And a lot of people might look at me and be like, why the fuck is he in this business? Until you meet me and talk to me and you realize I belong in this shit, you know? And, and, and that's how I feel about it. Lisa Daniels, um, I love and respect the fact that she's stuck to her guns for years. She only does her girl-girl scenes. Um, she only shoots what she wants for her site. Um, and she just showed me such mad love ever since she met me. And um, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't even be where I am right now. You know, so that, that would be my little list of people I respect in the business to the fullest. Do you watch your own scenes or films? Is that something that you try to do, or do you try to stay away from watching what you've done? No, I'll watch. Um, I watch a little bit of them. Uh, like I said, I want to see my six-pack. I watch, um, I don't <laughs> necessarily, yeah, I don't necessarily watch my content for other people. Um, like if a trailer pops off or something like that, I'll watch the trailer, you know, something like that. Um, for my own content, um, we tend to have to watch it. You know, we like to get a good laugh on it. Cause like I said, we're not big on editing. Um, we want to show you the real look, the real, and like I said, it's not sloppy. You're not going to get dizzy. You can jerk off to it, you know, but it's a real look into porn. You know, it's, it's, it's real. It's like, it's, it's to show everybody that you can do it. Anybody can do it. You know, but, you know, I don't know. I don't know where I'm going with that, but there you go. <laughs> How old were you when you saw a porn film for the first time? Oh, man. That means, remember, I grew up all over Europe, man. So, like, I've never even really seen a titty and shit. Like, I, I remember the first boob I saw was Revenge of the Nerds. I don't know if you remember that movie. Or Stripes, the military movie. Um, I guess... Ah, where? Hmm. I don't know, man. I guess it's probably a video I found in my house somewhere. Just popped it in. But I mean, I used to be that kid that would sit up because when I moved to America, I lived when I lived in Europe. We didn't have cable. There was just like the military broadcasting channel, you know. So when I came to America, there are all these channels, you know, with like if you stayed up late, you know, there'd be like late night boobs. So I think the first kind of porn I ever saw was like late night cinema. You know, that you know. I don't even know if they still play all those all those movies late night. I know they do on Showtime because um, I've been in a couple. But but yeah, it was, probably, it was probably that late night Cinemax hour. I think it was back in the day. It was like a Saturday at like midnight. They'd play like two movies, 
you know, and they'd never show pussy. It'd just be like titty. You know, they might show a little bit of a bush, like if a girl like was in a shower or something like that. But um, I don't know. Through that, then the computer age came out. You know, and you know, I got um, where was I? I had a buddy that ended up getting married, and he had a porn collection, a big old suitcase of porn. He ended up giving it to me. <laughs> And then I, that was when I found, like, I, I lost myself for probably like a week, I guess, in a suitcase full of porn. <laughs> well, there you go. Who yeah, doesn't love a suitcase yeah. full of porn? Yeah, exactly, right? Well, my, girlfriend, my girlfriend later on, I don't remember how long ago after that, after I got it, but my girlfriend found it. And it was so funny to see this little tiny, like, 90-pound girl carrying this giant suitcase full of porn down the street at night. <laughs> it was so funny, man. Uh but yeah, man, it's cinema, probably Cinemax, man. Thank them. <laughs> what has been the funniest thing that has ever happened to you on a porn set? Oh man, yeah, this is fucked up, man. It's it's it was it. You can talk about funny now or funny then. <laughs> um, both. Why not? <laughs> oh man. Um. Well, the, it, this wasn't funny then. Um, it was Reality Kings, Happy Tugs. And um, it's a massage parlor scene. And um, I was getting a full body massage on my back and everything was good. And I rolled over and the girl, her name was Angelina Chung. I love her. And she was massaging my front and she's starting to look at me weird. And I'm like, in my head, I'm like, what the fuck is this girl looking at? As soon as I said that, she goes, are you okay? And I knew that wasn't on. I was like, what the fuck? She goes, are you all right? And I'm like, yeah, I'm fine. And as soon as I said fine, my, like, eye, my left eye started like twitching and watering. And I couldn't breathe, so I sat up real quick, and I looked down, and um, I guess the, the massage oil they used had sesame oil in it, and I had never known that I was, my skin was allergic to sesame seeds, so I broke out in hives, like right on set there, wow. and um, yeah, dude, it was, it was pretty funny, but the funny thing was, um, I've always, I, it was for Reality Kings, like I told you earlier, that's my, that was my favorite company, you know, it, and um I just, I felt terrible. So like almost six, seven months went by and I never heard anything back from him. And then um, finally one day I get a fucking call from my agent, Brent, and um, he says, Reality Kings wants to shoot me for the happy tugs again. I'm like, fuck yeah. And I get my I get my little thing and my little email for the shoot and it's two girls this time. And one happens to be Angelina Chung again. So it like all came full circle. I got a chance to not only redeem myself in the eyes of my favorite company, but redeem myself to the girl that I was working with that day, you know? So, but that was, that wasn't funny then, but it was, it's pretty funny now. Um, let's see. Funny then. Hmm. I don't know, man. Nothing, nothing's really funny when I'm working. Like I take it real seriously. And like I said, I'm still so new that, um, I'm not, I'm not, I just, I pretty much go and work. Like, I mean, I don't really goof off that much on set. I don't really feel like I've earned that yet. Um, so, I'm just trying to think. Funny. Yeah, I don't know. I've pretty much gone a blank there, brother. Sorry, man. Hate to sound boring. No, no worries. <laughs> let's, let's go from the funny to the embarrassing. Although maybe, I don't know if you might want to call with the sesame seeds, you know, sesame oil. That was embarrassing. Well, but in general, has anything embarrassing uh, ever happened to you? Yeah, on set? The, most, the, most, 
yeah, the most embarrassing thing that can happen to a male performer is your dick don't work. You know, I mean, and that's happened, you know, that's happened a couple of times. And you don't know why. I mean, as a man, you, you know, every man knows that the dick has a mind of its own, you know. And it's like, you know, to have some gorgeous fucking girl, you know, suck in your dick and it not work. It's like, if that, to me, that's the most embarrassing thing that can happen to a male performer. You know, and I've been I've been bled on, I've been shit on, I've been thrown up on. But um, yeah, if, if if you got some gorgeous girl looking at you wondering why the fuck your dick ain't getting hard, there ain't nothing worse than that, man. Happy to say that's only happened. I think it's only happened twice, but once was because the girl's ring pinched my shit. Ouch! But there's no yeah, there's no excuses in porn though, dude. You know, like I said, if you can't get your dick hard, they'll find someone else to do it. And yeah, the chances true. of that, yeah, the chances of that company giving you another opportunity are very, very slim. What's the craziest thing you've had to do in a scene? Oh, oh man, I was doing this weird, weird scene um, with um, Gabby Paltrova and Andrew Adrian and Chechik, and they had like fisted each other's asses and like chewed up like gummy bears and spit them in each other's assholes and um it was a it was a blow bang and it was like 20 of us and they had to choose just one guy and they chose me and i'm all excited and everybody's looking at me like i'm an asshole and i'm down there and the girls i've got um who was it i don't remember who it was so i'm kissing one of the girls and they're like sucking my dick and all of a sudden i hear the girls throw up and all this chunky throw up with all these gummy bears and shit I just start feeling it like roll down my ass and down my nuts and shit and um, everybody starts looking at me like yeah motherfucker you're all happy now you know now look at you and that, yeah that was pretty fucking that was pretty gross but again those girls were hot I mean I paid my dues I've worked with some I've worked with some not so hot girls I've been in a plumper pass orgy which I try to really hide um cause yeah that wasn't fun um you know, but that being said, coming up in the industry, you take what you get, you know, and you, you get what you deserve, you know, and, you know, you got to pay your dues, man. You got to work with people. And that's the thing that when I, people come up to me, guys, everything, dude, how do I get into porn? You know, how do you do it? And it's like, you know, porn isn't what you think. Like, you're going to go fuck these hot chicks. You know, it's like, you got to start from the bottom, man. You're going to be working with people. You know, porn is being able to put on a good scene with your dick hard to a girl you're not attracted to in a situation that does not merit having a hard dick, you know, because that's what people want to see. And, you know, any guy can want to fuck a girl, but it's like putting them in that situation. It's totally different, you know? So if any guy ever asks me, Hey, I want to get in the business line, just pull your dick out right now and get it hard in this room full of people. If you can't do that, then you probably can't do porn. So you got to be kind of a twisted all of us, even the men and women in porn, we're all a little twisted. You know, we're all a little twisted. Now it's time for the big question. This is the question that I'm sure all of your hardcore fans and supporters are dying to know. Emphasis on the word big. How much is Flint Dominic packing? Um, I'm, I'm pushing nine and a half. About a Red Bull can thing. Man, I'm not super thick. I'm like the perfect size, girls say, you know. I'm right on the border of too big, but not too big. But like I said, my dick stays hard. So it's like, girls, you know, any girl that's worked with me, she knows she worked with me. 
you know, and I take a lot of pride in, um, you know, making sure that, you know, I, you know, I do it right. You know, I, I don't just pump and pump, you know, like I fucking, I work at what I do. You know, I take a lot of pride in it, man. And, you know, you ask any girl that work with me, she'll tell you what's up. There you go. Do you do anything in particular to maintain a consistent pop shot? Um, diet. Um, I, I diet. Um, my, my weakness, I, I treat myself to fast food. But like, um, you know, it's all, you know, it's all celery, watermelon, you know, a lot of, you know, sugar cane, um, you know, for loads. Um, then, you know, you always work on the taste for the girls. You know, you want to get your kiwis and your cantaloupes and your pineapple in there, you know. But yeah, it's, it's, it's all your diet, dude. And I learned that in my first scene, the one I told you about with Jennifer White, I'd met Mark Zane, who had been in the business forever. And he, he was one of the first people I took advice from. And he was like, it's diet, bro. It's all diet. And he wasn't right. He was right. You know, it's all about the diet, man. You eat, you know, what you eat comes out of your dick, <laughs> you know? So you want a big load, you got to eat for it. You know, you want to keep your dick hard, you got to eat for it, you know? Because I'm not a big fan of pills and shit like that. You know, like every guy keeps them in their bag just in case. Well, I think almost every guy takes them now, you know, but, um, you know, if you, if you die right and you're not partying all the time, I mean, your dick should work. So, I don't know. not that I'm hating on anybody that does pills or anything. Like I said, I take them sometimes, but they always, if, when I take pills and shit, they fuck with me. Like I'm never, you know, like Viagra doesn't even work for me. It makes me feel like I'm on some kind of fucking drug. It's like my fucking jaw is going to fall off. I want to shift uh, gears in the interview, and I want to talk about some of the serious issues about the industry, some of the serious, you know, a bit taking the questions into a, a bit more of a serious territory. And uh, my first question to lead off this section is about your family. Does your family know about your career in the business, and how do they feel about it? Um, yes, they know. Um, my mom's not a big fan of it. Like I said, she's an old-school Scottish lady. But I have, um, I have a pretty tight family, you know, and, um, you know, they pretty much, we pretty much will support each other through anything, you know, so I got to be thankful for that. But, um, do they love it? Probably not, you know, but, you know, like I told my mom, it's like when I owned my restaurant, you were happy, you know, and she was like, yeah. And I was like, you're proud of me. She's like, yeah. I was like, well, you know, I've done that. I've made you proud. You know, I hated my life then. You know, I have to live for me now. I have to, you know, make sure that I have a good life, you know, and a life for, you know, other people. Absolutely. A lot of casual porn watchers may see all of the condomless sex and not realize that the industry is heavily tested. Regardless of the amount and the consistency of the testing in the business, do you ever feel worried about catching a STI or worse on set? Um, honestly, I, you, you, you can't worry about it. I mean, you can't say you have to come into this industry thinking you're going to catch. I've never had an STD or anything. Um, and you have to come in, you know, knowing that it is a possibility, you know, everybody has sexual intercourse with everybody and with the high rate of girls escorting and just young girls coming in and young guys coming in, you know, that, that do stuff you know, that's not really approved, you know, the, the crossover performing and stuff like that. I mean, it's going to happen, 
you know, and that's one of the reasons why, you know, I, 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 I want to bring more, more spotlight to the testing. Um, it has gone from a 30 day test to a 14 test, 14 day test, which means as a performer, we have to get tested twice a month. Some even more than that, because some companies take a seven day test. Most of the companies that take seven day tests are the companies that the main producer or owner of the company is a performer. Um, they, you know, the outside, they don't realize that the majority of the people in this industry do give a fuck. You know, like we spend $400 a month testing, you know, the tests are about 200 bucks, you know? So it's like to, to, to take a risk on your career and the money that, you know, that we make is stupid. And that's why you see the people that do fall off in this business. Um, no offense to anybody that has, you know, really caught anything and disappeared. It's like, they've all been new, you know, it's like the people that catch stuff and bring shit into the business are people that don't respect the business. You know, they don't respect people, you know, and you know, the, the people that have been around the business, the people that actually make a name for themselves are the people that do respect the business. They respect their bodies. You know, they understand that, you know, my sexual prep, my sexual life has an effect on everybody else. You know, my home sexual life has an effect on everybody. You know, so if I go and fuck this girl and this guy, this girl goes and fucks this guy and then they don't use protection and come in, they can infect everybody, you know, and I think more, more importance needs to be brought into that, you know, to this, you know, to this, um, this certain idea or whatever we would call it, you know, it's just something to bring more spotlight and more importance you know, to the fact that, you know, they are really relevant, you know, they are there, you know, HIV is here, you know, we just had a scare, what was it, last month, you know, there was a call for a moratorium, you know, and, and me, I, I was a part of a moratorium, you know, the Cameron Bay one, I was, I don't talk about it a lot, but I was a part of that, you know, I was in Florida at the time, and, and I go down to talent testing down there in Miami, and, you know, for a couple of days, I thought I could have HIV, you know, you know, luckily I didn't, you know, but that, at that point in time, it was like, do I throw this career away that I've worked and sacrificed everything for, or do I use what little bit of notoriety, what little bit of a name that I've created and try to build more of a name. And then when it is the right time, you know, take out this issue and let people know how strongly I feel about it. Cause I'm, I'm very, very passionate about this issue right here you know because everybody can say the 2257 which is a form that makes sure you know everybody's over 18 is the most important thing in the industry i don't disagree with that you know but anybody that shoots little kids are sick fucks anyway like this is something that really controls the industry like std shut it down you know if one dumb asshole goes and shoots some little kid somewhere you know that's his sick ass it doesn't fucking hurt the industry you know, one person catches HIV, it shuts down the entire fucking industry, you know? And it's like, everybody gives a shit when a moratorium happens, but as soon as a moratorium disappears, no one talks about it. No one gives a shit anymore, you know? And there's so many people in this business and it's like, if a girl comes in and catches it or if a guy comes in and catches it, it's like, fuck them. We don't care about them, you know, because we just find someone else, you know? And that's the sad thing about the business. You know, is that there is such a quick turnaround on girls and guys that they're not going to miss you. No matter how big of a star you are, 
even the stars I mentioned that are giant stars, if they left, no one would miss them. Look at Jenna Jameson. She was the biggest star in the business. She left. No one gave a shit. She came back. She's a joke. You know, it's like it, it doesn't matter. You know, so it's it's kind of a weird it's kind of a, it's kind of a weird situation. I guess people don't really want to talk about it, but it's like I'm not the kind of person that's scared to talk about anything. So that's that. Great answer, man. I really appreciate it. Oh, no worries, bro. Moving on to a topic that's in in a similar vein, the issue of condoms. You know, it's all over the the adult industry press. You know, it's all over the mainstream press when they talk about the industry. So it's time for the great condom debate. What's your opinion on whether condoms should or should not be used in adult productions? Well, well this is this is my opinion. We're all grown. We're all adults. You know, we should be able to make our decisions ourselves. Um, you know, um, there's only a few, the only people that really use condoms all the time are wicked and people that stream live porn on the internet. Like nobody uses condoms. Um, do I, do I think, and I don't feel that anybody has a right to tell anybody what they have, where they have to wear a condom or not. I mean, the fact of the matter is in Los Angeles now, you can't even be a married couple and fuck on a webcam without a condom. I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, I feel that someone in porn pissed off someone in the California government, you know, and it's like they just have a grudge, you know. It's like who has a right to tell anybody what to do with their lives, you know. I get it if it's drugs. I get it. Drugs are illegal. You can't do drugs. You know, we're talking about sex. You know, we're talking about condoms. You know, it's like it's nobody's business. You know, you, you go around and ask the majority of people that go out in bars and fuck random strangers if they use condoms and probably 60, 70% will say no, you know, and it's like, we're tested twice a month, you know, and you're worried about us. When was the last time a normal person got tested? Go ask those people in Congress. When was the last time they got tested for an STD and they're banging hookers all the time, you know, and they're, this is, that's the thing. They're a bunch of hypocrites anyway. You know, all the government people, everybody that's anti-porn, I'd say 80% of people that are anti-porn are hypocrites, you know, because they watch the shit anyway, you know, and the guys say they don't watch it because their wife's sitting right next to them, you know, and it's, I don't know. I, I think it's just a big, giant waste of time and money, to be perfectly honest with you. Is there a misconception or myth about performers that you would like to dispel? Um, yeah, that we're all fucking drugged up, fucking pieces of shit, you know? People think that these girls are just all drugged up, you know, like, lost, lost in life, daddy issues, you know? And it's not, dude. Like, the people that live this life, like, we want to live this life. We love this shit, you know? There's no one being tortured in porn. I mean, maybe in different parts of the world, or I'm just talking about what I see living in California in, the, in, in Porn Valley. There's no one that's forced to be there. You know, there's, I mean, there, of course there are bad apples in every, every line of work, but it's like porn, the people that do porn are good people, dude. You know, we're just people that aren't scared of what people think. We want to live our own lives. We like to have fun and experience new things every single day. Is there an aspect of the business that you do not enjoy? Um... Yeah, I guess it's the same as everything. It's a two-faced people. You know, it's very Hollywood. Um, I always compare 
the adult industry, it's like a high school with an assistant dean. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a great industry, but it's like no one really cares. Nobody's really telling anybody which way to go or what to do. You know, it's, it's, a, it's a real, real, real disorganized family. You know, but that being said, you know, even people that don't get along, if you, if you come and try to come against the industry, everybody comes together. You know, I mean, look at the way that bill just got knocked out of Congress, the last one. You know, that was going to make it actually like a criminal offense for the con for not wearing a condom, which to me is even more insane. Can you imagine you actually getting arrested because you didn't wear a condom when you're fucking a girl? Yeah. I mean, how, how can you police that? It's, it's, it's absolutely insane. You know, it, it, it really is. It's like, it's like California trying to police having, you know, they pull everybody over that's holding a cell phone. It's like, how do you know I'm holding a cell phone? I could be holding a, a fucking hamburger. You know, it's like, how can you police these things? There's so many people in California. There's so much fucking crime. And they're spending millions of dollars on a condom issue. You know? <laughs> it's, it's just, it, to me, it's just bullshit, man. It is. You know, it's just the, the, the politics. But I mean, that being said, there's politics in everything, you know, and I'm, I don't, I don't, nothing gets to me really because I'm just grateful and blessed to be a part of it, you know. So there really is nothing that really gets me down, you know. I'm very, very positive guy. You know, I, I always, the glass is always half full to me, never half empty. Do you find it difficult to be in a romantic relationship while working in the adult industry? I have. Um, I'm a real emotional guy. So, um, you know, in the beginning, you know, I meet these super fucking hot girls and you spend time with them. And, um, you know, ever since I got out of a relationship, I guess I'd been looking for somebody. So I got into a couple of relationships here and there. And um, I, I, it's, it's hard to... It, to me, it's almost impossible for a guy in my position to find a girl that isn't in the industry um, who would want, who would accept the fact that their man fucks girls for a living um, if she's not doing it herself, unless he's got a lot of money and she's in it for the money. You know, it's hard to find a girl that would let their man fuck other girls for money unless they're doing it, you know. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I got a little girl I'm talking to now. Um, it's nothing serious. Um, she lives, she lives in another state, you know, um, the thing I've learned about this business is you just meet people and you just enjoy the time you spend with them. You know, you could meet somebody and, and hang out with them for a week and then you don't see them for a while. And, um, so I've honestly, I've, I've really, I've came to a conclusion that I'm not really even worried about that side of my life right now. Um, I'm more focused on, um, you know, this company and getting my, getting it launched. And now the music, the music has been a big, you know, a nice big project to get my mind off stuff. Um, Cause it's like this life that we live. It's like you, the, we go out and we meet these girls. We get to be on sets. Um, our, my work life is exciting. So it's like on my days off, it's like, what can I do? That's as exciting as my work life. You know, there's really not much to do. So it's like I was I was really stuck and like I didn't know what to do with my time, you know. So it's like now with this music project coming up, it gives me like a hobby, you know, where I'm not really worried about, you know, having someone with me. You know, I just spend my time in my house and make my music. Um, 
you know, but when I'm at home, when I'm in Florida, you know, unless I'm doing fetish con or exotica or, um, or the night moves, it's like, I'm, I just do my dad, you know, I'm just daddy, you know, I don't, I don't really do the porn, you know, since I've been on vacation here, I've just been doing, you know, mess, you know, being the dad and working on this music, you know, but when I live in, when I live in California, I live with Allison Moore, who's a, who's a pretty nice porn star. And, um, you know, the life out there is just always, you know, someone has a party every night, you know, it's always someone's birthday, you know, like, so it's like me, I'm always, when is there a red carpet? You know, it's called Rick Garcia. You know, he's one of the top industry photographers. And if he's going to be there, then I'm there. You know, because I just want to want to be on the red carpet, dude. I want my picture taken. You know, that's why I do this shit. Let's move away from some of the serious questions and let's focus a little bit more on you. How often do you work out and do you consistently have to watch what you eat, especially if you know that you have a scene coming up? I, um, I, I work out every day. I'm not a real gym rat. Um, I work out around my house to do a bunch of, um, pushups elevated and stuff like that. I have a rubber band. Um, when you work as a male performer, um, you, there's a lot of, you're a lot of sex. There's a lot of action. So, I mean, if you, if you work a lot in, in as a male performer, you're going to stay in shape. Um, my day before a scene, um, yeah, I do. I eat pasta. Um, you know, I have a regiment. I do when I get up, you know, I fucking, I drink a, um, I drink a naked or I make a smoothie in a protein bar. That's all I eat. Um, you know, I, I don't, you know, cause for one, I don't want to look bloated for two. You don't want to be farting and shit on fucking on set. And one thing I've learned through performing is, you know, like we talked about earlier diet, you know, you go and eat a shitload of fast food. Your dick's not going to be working the same, you know, it's like, you know, and I've learned that. So, um, yeah, I pretty much give me a nice thing of pasta and then some protein. I mean, my, my diet almost always, I mean, I cheat a little bit now that I'm on vacation, but when I'm back home in Cali, um, I don't eat my breakfast and lunch every day is just smoothies and protein bars. And then I eat a meal at dinner. Um, and then I, if, if I feel like cheating, I'll cheat myself to some fast food. That's how I, that's how I treat myself. <laughs> I'll buy myself some fast food and I'll feel like shit for a day. To shave or not to shave, that is the question. And yes, I'm talking about down there as well as just general manscaping. Oh, you mean? Yeah, hell yeah, man. Dude, I'm a, I'm a hairy motherfucker, dude. I manscape this whole body, man. You know, and that's another thing I learned about watching my scenes is like you see what looks good and what doesn't. You know, I had pretty hair. I'm a pretty hairy guy. So I had hairy legs and I'd see it on the camera and it didn't look right. So I started trimming my leg hairs. You know, I've always been a fan of, of the trimmed, the trimmed crotch area you know just because i like girls sucking my dick and you know you got a big fucking bush down there no girls are gonna want to fucking go down there and play with it you know girls you know girls enjoy looking at a, a nicely kept man just as much as we look like looking at a you know a really good kept girl you know so i look at i'm not a big fan of the bush you know so it's like i don't i wouldn't expect a girl to be a fan of that on me you know, I want girls to enjoy fucking me. You know, I want to go there and not only make my money and make a producer happy, but I want the girl to enjoy it. You know, I want her to be like, oh, man, I like fucking this guy. You know, I, I've always said I don't mind. I don't mind if I'm not on their yes list. I just don't want to be on any girl's no list. You know. In your opinion, what part of your body is the sexiest and why? Oh, man. I don't know. 
Hmm. I don't know. I guess like I guess like my chest, my abs. I don't know. That's what I work the hardest on. But I mean, my penis is the one that's gotten me where I am. So it'd have to be it have to be between those three. On the flip side, what part of your body do you like the least? Oh, my butt. My flat butt. I fucking hate it. Even me and my ex-roommate, Jessa Rhodes, we got Brazilian butt lift. <laughs> I was trying to do that. I can't stand my butt. That's why, if you ever see any of my, any 3-2-1 content, you'll never see any behind the back, that balls fucking ass view. Like, I refuse to do that. Um... I, that's why I hate it when other producers do it and I can't say anything about it. So I'm always trying to do that porn, you know, that porn performer move that you always see every guy do where he has his hand behind his back, mm-hmm. you know? So I always do that, but I'll have it on my butt <laughs> so you can't see my butt. And on the complete flip side of that, what part of the female body do you uh, find the sexiest and why? Oh, the face. I love I love the face. I look at faces. I just I love a beautiful face. Like I love girls of every shape and size, big titties, little titties, big ass, little ass. I like girls that take care of themselves. The first things I look at on girls are their teeth, their fingernails and their toenails. Cuz to me, you know, a girl that takes care of her feet, her toenails and her fingernails, you know, takes care of herself and that attracts me. You know, I came to LA um, you know, attracted to the real plastic looking girls, you know, the big fake tits, the fake asses and all that. But the more you work with them, the more you're around girls like that. It's like, they almost seem all the same. So when you see a girl that doesn't have, you know, that's totally natural, maybe her tits aren't that big, you know, you know, maybe her ass isn't that big, but she's all natural. You know, that's the kind of shit that turns me on now. Do you get into any kinds of fetishes? You've done uh, productions. You've been in productions that uh, deal with fetishes. So in your personal life, do you get into any kinds of fetishes? No, not really. Um, I've never really... I got into this business thinking I was a freaky guy, but I'm really not. Um, I've never had a fetish. You know, my thing was I like to just get fucked up and have sex. Um, but when I got now that I got into this business, um, I shoot a lot for Glenn King. Um, he does a lot of femdom. And I've I've grown into the fact that I like having girls beat me up. Now, would I let them do it in my personal life? I haven't done it yet, you know. But on set, you know, I love I love you know that femdom shit. You know, I've worked with some really hot girls and let them beat the shit out of me, and I loved it. I want to go back in time with you. How and when did you lose your virginity? Oh, man, you're crazy. Um, When I lived in Germany, I was 10, and I had a fort in my parents' basement. And I had a a babysitter, and um, he was a Canadian cat. And um, he had a little sister named Jennifer Woodman, and she was 13. And she came to my little fort downstairs and made me drink some water, and she jumped on top of me and told me I had to pee in her to make a baby. And that was the first time my little penis went inside a girl. Did I come? I don't know. I don't remember that much of it, but I do remember like sticking my dick in her. So that was the first time I'd ever had sex. <laughs> Damn, I ain't told that story in a long ass time. There you so go. I was 10. 
<laughs> Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Uh, I don't know if there's anything most people don't know. I mean, I live my life pretty much. What you see is what you get. You know, I'm a clown, dude. Like, I'm your friend that will do anything to make you laugh. I'll eat anything for money. I'll go up and say anything. Now, not to hurt people. Like, I don't ever do shit to, like, to embarrass or hurt people's feelings. You know, but I'll sometimes I'll embarrass or hurt people's feelings that I'm with just because I get so embarrassed. Just, I have no filter. Like, I just want a party to happen. I want everybody to have fun. You know, I'm the kind of guy, if there's a party and there's one person not having fun, I'm next to that person wondering why you're not having fun. You know, I'm, I'm, the, I'm the clown, man. I'm the jokester. You know, I'm the guy that, you know, I just want everybody to have a good time. You know, I love my life. And I just want people to enjoy theirs. And if I look at my life like any way that I can bring some kind of light to anybody's life, like you never know who you can affect, you know, and how you can affect their lives. So it's like now if there's any way that I can affect anybody's life in a positive light, I do it. And I'll go out of the way to do it because, I, you know, I believe in being that good person because I believe it comes back because I'm living proof that it does. Describe yourself in 10 words or less. Oh, alien turtle. That's two words, but there you go. I'll All explain right, no. that if you want. Yes, you want because I, I feel yeah. like that needs explanation. <laughs> no, yeah, no one gets Um, If you look at any of my Twitters or Instagram or anything, it says I'm a peace-loving alien turtle. Um, when we first got into this, there was a reality show that they were thinking about making about us. And um, and there was a questionnaire that came out for character development, and it was uh, the question was who do you relate to in your life? And I thought about it forever. It was the first question, and it was a hundred question thing. And I did all the other questions, and I had everything done in like twenty minutes, but I couldn't answer this question. I didn't know. I've never wanted to be like anybody. My dad was a pilot in the Air Force, which I thought was cool. I've never wanted to be him. I've never wanted to be anything. I've never related to anybody, you know? So it's like the only thing I could think of that I relate to is like an alien. You know, I've, I've never fit in. I've never been like anybody ever. I've never met anybody like me. Um, so I put an alien down because that's all I could think of. And then I'm, I'm kind of like a turtle because I'm really slow. I'm laid back. We're from Florida. And, um, you know, we're laid back people. You know that, Poppy. Like, Florida people were just a different mm -hmm. breed. So I'm slow. You know, I'm slow. I'm chill. I'm relaxed. But I'm hard as fuck. Like, you can't hurt me. Nothing you can say or do will hurt me. Nothing will damage who I am. You know, you can't hurt me. No one can hurt me. The hate don't hurt me. I actually like the hate. You know, there's nothing that can hurt me. You know, so it's like, that's what I thought of the turtle. You know, and it's, <laughs> it seems so fucking stupid. I know, but I, it's, it's really all I can ever think that I relate to. And then um, I watched this show one night when I was drunk called My Name is Earl. I don't know if you ever watched that show. Mm -hmm. But it's about some redneck dude. And he's like a criminal and he's like a real hoodlum. And then he wins the lottery. And um, all he wants to do is like go back in time and like, you know, everything he's done wrong, like amend it. And, you know, that's what I've tried to do. You know, ever since I've had my son eight years ago, I gave up the dealing. You know, and all I've wanted to do since I had him was make him proud, you know, and, and, you know, so I kind of related to that character 
But then again, it's not. I, I don't see myself really like anybody. I know it seems like a, a lot of rambling and stuff like that, but it, it really is. I'm just. I'm like an alien, man. I fucking. I am. I'm just an alien, dude. I'm from another planet. I believe it. <laughs> <laughs> so let's move into chatting a little bit about your music. We're gonna have you back on the station once your album drops. So that that'll be an interview that'll be solely about your music. But I do want to at least give the listeners a chance to get to know a little bit about you and music so can you tell our listeners a little bit about your style and your flow what do you feel separates my, you from the rest my um well again like it's something that i love i respect the hip-hop industry i love it um i grew up you know loving rappers like tupac and Nas and dmx and trick daddy and um kilo from atlanta georgia and um you know, I've always I've always freestyled and rapped, you know, at parties and stuff with my friends. And um, it's never really led to anything because um, I've never really had anything to rap about. Um, I feel now that, um, like I spoke on earlier, like the, the rap these days is just terrible. Um, it's just the same. It's a million different guys talking about the same life. You know, every rap song is, yo, I came up hard. You know, I sold dope. Um, I bought a new car, I put some rims on it, bought a gold chain, you know, we're going to the club to make it rain on some strippers twerking, you know, and it's like every fucking song is the same. And it's like most of these guys aren't even really even living that life. I mean, you, I can name four or five out of Miami right now that are, they make platinum albums and they're fake as fuck. You know, they rap about being gangsters and they're not. They rap about, you know, coming from the streets and they didn't. You know, guys like, you know, and I, you know, people like Drake, I started from the bottom. No, you started from a Nickelodeon show. You know, it's like rap is so not real anymore. And it's like, what if someone came about that actually could rap, but he rapped about something totally different and it was real. So what if this guy came out and said, I want to be the first porn star rapper and I want to rap about the life of a porn star and it's real. You know, and that's what I'm doing. I want to bring people in. Again, I can show you my life on camera. But let me tell you the story of my life through my songs. And they're real, dude. Um, I've only been doing it for a couple months, you know, but I've already got like nine songs. I'm actually working on a song right now called Devil Inside When You Called. I just finished the song, you know, right before you called. You know, I'm looking at them right now, you know, um... I've been blessed with this opportunity at the Night Moves Award show, um, the 12th of October here in Tampa, and they've given me a 10-minute set. So I get to perform. I'm going to do four songs, you know, and, um, you know, it's just another, it's another way to just legitimize my character, you know, just to bring people in and let them know that this is a real guy. Like, what you see on, on film, what you see, I mean, and I'm talking about 321 film, not anything where I'm booked. You know, any other companies I'm shooting for. But what you see on 321's content, what you see on my Twitter, what you see on my Instagram, what you hear in my lyrics is real. It's my life. You know, there's nothing fake about it. You know, and I'm, and if you see, there's, 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 they coincide. Like, that's what I want people to know about porn. That's what I want them to know about my music. It's real. It's not bullshit. You know, you got so many rappers and even people coming up, they're rapping about, you know, being kings and, and riding in Lear jets and, and, and wearing their jewelry. And it's like, none of that shit's real. You don't own none of that shit. 
you know, all these rappers rapping about selling drugs and they never sold drugs. You know, all these rappers, you know, talking about shooting and killing people. They're not, they don't shoot and kill people. You know, it's like, it's all fake, dude. And it drives me absolutely insane, you know? And I hated rappers so long. So a rap, you know, like Wiz Khalifa comes out and he starts rapping about his life and it's different. He's a, he raps about, you know, and it, it was refreshing to me. And he's the rapper now that is, you know, he really, you know, made me want to, you know, try this. Cause like he's, his rap was so weird and different. And that's what I try to do. We're doing this. When you come, when you come to one of our shows, it starts with a live band. I rap with a live rock band, drummers, guitar, all that shit. And then the concert moves to a hip hop. And then I sing a little R and B and then my DJ comes out and we end it in a rave, you know? So I'm rapping all different genres of music. And it's like a trip through different, you know, different genres of music, you know, through my life, you know, and I'm really excited about it. I like the sound of that, man. I, I can't wait for the listeners to get the chance to experience your music. And I'm sure right now a lot of the people that are tuning in may want to get a, a taste of uh, your sound. Is there a spot online where the listeners can hear some of your music? Nope, not yet. Um, we're keeping it under wraps, just like um, just like the WeAre321.com. Um, we've built and branded our company as a mystery. Um, you know, no one's ever seen 321 content. They've only heard of it. Um, and we we're hoping, you know, we want to build up enough of a, a mystery and a demand for when we do launch, we'll have a booth at the ABN in January. And when we do launch, we want... You know, we're only charging three dollars and twenty-one cents for the first month, and we're hoping that just a couple thousand people are just like, you know what? We've heard about these guys for long enough. We've seen these guys long enough. We have to see what the fuck all the fuss is about, you know? And um, that's kind of what we're doing with the music. Like the music's so new, it's like I we're just making the songs now, you know? Like I'm just in the process of making my first album. So, I mean, as soon as it is done, you know, it'll be out. But, I mean, if you want to really take, if you want to see me and you want to hear some music, then you got you to gotta either come to Tampa or catch one of my shows. And the good thing about this Tampa award show is that it will be on pay-per-view. It'll be streamed from um, Night Moves Magazine US or NightMovesUSA.com. You can get it for, I think it's like five bucks. And you can watch the real award show and you can see me perform and tear that motherfucking house down. Speaking of your performance, you are going to be performing at the 22nd Annual Night Moves Awards at the Tampa Gold Club in Tampa, Florida on October 12th, which is just a little over a week away. And uh, I need to ask, what can those attending expect from your performance? Um, just I'm going to put it all out there, man. Like I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not scared. I'm not nervous. Like, I believe in what's going on. I believe in what I'm doing. You know, they're going to see me just put my heart on the line. I've worked really hard for a couple months on this. Like I said, I'm working right now. As soon as I get off this interview with you, I'm back on to working. Um, the songs that I'm performing, you know, they mean a lot. You know, I'm going to open it with a song called L.A. You know, and it's a story of me being lost and coming to L.A. You know, it's going to move into a song called What You Know, which is a song about my town and the way we live out here in the 321 Bavard County, Florida. You know, then it's going to move into a song called Monsoon, you know, which is kind of about my life and how it's just amazing, you know, and it just seems like all the girls fall out of the sky. And then I end it with the song that everybody loves out in California. It's called Pop-Tarts. Um, 
I was on set for Wicked the week before I came here. And um, I'm looking at these gorgeous girls and getting hair and makeup done. And I'm thinking, you know, like, who the fuck am I? You know, how lucky am I, you know, to be sitting in this chair, you know, and I get paid to fuck these girls. And at that point, I was hungry. So I got in my bag to get a um, to get a protein bar. And I didn't have one, but they had some Pop-Tarts up there um, in the snack table for the for the talent. And I just came up with the song Pop-Tart. And it's like every song that I make, you know, is is about my life or about something to do with the adult industry or maybe before the adult industry, you know. And it's just, it's my life. You know, it's, 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 it's my version of punching a punching bag. It's how I scream to the world, how I get my tension out. Because once you hear my flow, you know, it's, it's a real subtle and then it screams, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, you'll, you'll know you're at my performance. You know, I, our music is different. We don't use your, your normal like hip hop beats and stuff. You know, we're more of a house club dubstep type. We call it a mess. You know, we want you to be like, what the fuck was that? You know, but you loved it and you listened to the whole song. You didn't really know what was going on, you know, but you know, and like I said, it's a work in progress. Um, my first performance ever was at the house of blues. Um, wasn't my song though. I just did a verse on it. You know, I did a full set at, at the master of the mic LA and had that whole place banging. Did I win? No. You know, probably because I did my song jokers first and talked about how everybody else in the competition was a bunch of jokers, you know, but you know, that's me. I have no filter. I'm not scared of anything but failure. You know, and the only person I'm scared of failure's eyes is my son. You know, so nothing can hurt me, man. I'm not, you know, I'm on a mission, dude, and we'll just see what happens. I'm positive. You know, you just gotta, you just gotta keep everything. You know, just keep going and give people something that they've never heard. Give them something they've never seen. You know, and that's what I'm all about. As we start wrapping things up, I have this list of uh, five questions that are pop culture related that uh, should allow your fans to get to know some of your favorites. What are five of your most favorite television shows? Now this can be a list of five of your all-time faves or your current faves, but just five TV shows that you love. My all-time favorite is Married with Children. Um, They kind of raised me. Um, Then it has to be Seinfeld. I love Seinfeld. And then um, the three shows that I watch constantly now are Workaholics, a show called The League, and then my favorite show, um, Sunny in Philadelphia. Like, I, everything I watch is funny. You know, like, I, I don't even watch the news. Like, I don't want any negative shit in my life. Nothing negative. I live a total stress-free, everything's going to be all right lifestyle, man. Which is hard in, which is hard in Florida, because um, I have so many friends die. I just had another friend shot and killed the day after I got here. So, I mean, you know, it's hard here in Florida to live that life. But yeah, those are my five favorite TV shows. Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Oh, my number one absolute favorite music artist is an artist named TQ out of Compton, California. He's like an R&B, hip-hop guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, after that, will probably be Eminem. I just love the way he raps about his life. It's real. Um, when he came out, everybody talked shit about him. You know, he was he was a dark. You know, no one believed in him when he came out except for Dre. Um, 
after there is an artist named Childish Cambino. Um, a lot of people know him as Donald Glover. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. He was on the show like 30 Rock. Um, but not a lot of people don't know is when Drake and Nicki Minaj and Lil Wayne all sounded the fucking same back a couple years ago that he was the one writing all that shit. So um, no one really knows who he is. Um, him, um, after that, it goes old shit. Um, Michael Jackson. Um, I love fucking Michael Jackson. And um, then Cool in the Gang, man. That song, She's Fresh, you know, you know, and then Shaka Khan, you know, like old, like old 80s music and stuff like that, you know. Um, but then there's more like Motley Crue, a big part of, you know, my life growing up. Man, I loved Motley Crue. Um, you know, so like my, my music has always been pretty varied. I'm a big fan of Taylor Swift. Um, I'm not a fan really of her lyrics and her music. I'm a fan of the fact that she writes her own lyrics, she writes her own music, and she constantly has number one hits. Like to me, it's if you don't, if you know music and you don't respect her, then you have no idea what music is. You know, that being said, can I relate to her music? Fuck no. You know, but you know, respect factor is, is definitely with her too. All right. I asked for four, and Flint Dominic gave me about 20. I see how it yeah, is. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just teasing you, man. Yeah, it's a big part of my life, dude. And it's like I feel bad if I left any of those out. Now I completely understand. What are three of your most favorite films? Oh, huh. Um, I love Scarface. I hate to be the one to say that, but I do. Um, it turned me into a little drug dealer as a kid, you know. But you know, I I, I wouldn't be who I am without that part of my life. Um. I love Zack and Miri Make a Porno. Um, that movie is what gave me the idea to get into the adult business. Um, just, I don't know why, it just made me think that I could do it. And I came up with the idea and I went with it and it worked. Um, third movie, uh, all-time favorite movies. Probably, probably have to go back to the movie Strikes. Like a movie back in the eighties. I don't know if you remember it. Mm -hmm. It was a Bill military Murray. movie. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And it, it was the first movie I ever saw boobs in. And um I don't know, it had Bill Murray, John Candy, you know, all that the good eighties actors. I was I like I loved John Candy as a kid. You know, the great outdoors and all those all those funny fucking movies he made. Um but yeah, those probably that. But if I had to pick one out of my whole, it'd probably be Zach and Mary make a porno because, like, if it wasn't for that movie, I, I wouldn't even have thought about getting into porn. <laughs> what are two foods you can't live without? Ah, uh, Chinese food and pasta. I eat pa I'm Italian, so I eat pasta like three times a week, and then I'll eat Chinese food maybe once or twice on a steak. I just constantly eat the same things over and over again. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? Ah, uh, McDonald's. I love McDonald's. What do you <laughs> I order? Love I ordered the same thing I've ordered since I was a little kid, man. Double cheeseburger value meal with no pickles, extra little onions, and a six-piece nuggets. And now I get that much, that grilled mushroom cheddar burger, too, because that shit's bomb. And then I might get a milkshake or something like that. That and Popeye's. Popeye's chicken. Uh, those are my two treats. That's how I 
if I had a good week, man, I'll treat myself. That's how that's how your boy Flint gets down. I don't drink alcohol. Like I'll drink if I'm out at a convention or something. Like I'll have a couple drinks. But in my real life, you know, if I'm not like I don't go out to bars and drink. I don't drink at all. You know, I smoke my weed. You know, and that's it. I don't do any drugs. You know, so my treat to myself is fast food. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Uh, you're going to be launching WeAre321.com at the Avian Expo in January 2015. Can you give the listeners a bit of a tease as to what they can expect from your site? You can, you can, well, we're going to be brought to you by Tease World, which is a nice little branch of um, companies. Um, we were going to go by ourselves, but we decided better off to do with the team. So it took us a long time to find a webmaster. His name's Ron Ellis. Fucking awesome. And what you can expect from not only the hot girls on the other site that you will be able to join when you join 321, but like I said earlier, you can expect a real look into porn, man. No bullshit. If you've ever wanted to know what porn is really like, you know, you look at our stuff, man. I mean, it's it's a real look, and it's hot chicks, and it's just fun. You know, it's no bullshit lines. It's no stupid storylines. And I'm not saying those are bad. I'm just saying we wanted to find some. We wanted to do our own thing. We wanted to create our own niche, and our own niche is us. You know, we call it real reality porn. You know, and we're only going to charge $3.21 for the first month. So... You know, you can't beat that. Ain't that the truth, man. What's next for Flint Dominic? I know that you have a lot of other projects that you're involved in, so can you please share with the listeners a bit about uh, what what are some of the other things that you're involved in, in particular besides the adult industry? Um, well, it's the music, you know, get our getting the music out there. Um, our clothing line, 321, have our clothing line coming out. We just finished our t-shirt shop here. Um, where we can print our own T-shirts and stuff like that. Um, you know, as for I don't, my life is this adult industry and 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 music. So it's like anything outside of that, I really don't have it. I don't have a personal life. You know, all I think about and all I do, unless I'm with my kid, is this industry. We have a, um, we have a weed strain. It's a funny story. I met I met a jeweler out in Beverly Hills. And I had, I had some emeralds I was trying to get appraised. And um, he had been, and like I said, it's legal in California. So he had been growing pot for a couple of years, but he had no way to get off it. You know, he, he ended up growing so much. So I was like, you know, he wanted to know if I could help him get rid of it. And I was like, you know, I didn't see a problem with that. You know, I was helping put it in dispensaries and stuff. It was a strain that he created. And he was, and um, so I was like, yeah, I can help you out with that. Um, what do you want me to call it? Because in California, everything has their own name. And um, it didn't have a name. So I told him, you know, that's when the spotlight went off in my head because I'm a, I'm a marijuana connoisseur myself. And um, yeah, I was like, well, what if we called it three to one? And he goes, you know what? You can call it whatever you want. You know, just help me get rid of it. You know, so three to one strain is born, you know. So we'll see what happens with that. Now am I making money off it? Not really, you know, but it's more for me you know i like the fact that you can go into a dispensary and see our 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 type of weed you know i think it's pretty cool and if weed does get legal here in florida which i think it will be you know how cool is it that bavard county has its own strain (laughs) you know so um the other thing i have going on is my best friend in the whole industry his name's connor cox 
he owns one of the biggest agencies outside of California called Cox Models. Um, I meet guys and girls all the time. All of them, you know, want to get in the industry, and I'm always referring them to different people. You know, and it's like, well, what? Why don't you know? What if I started my own thing? You know, and and it's not my own agency. It's a part of Cox Models. It's just my own little group of girls. You know, so say I'm like an agent, I guess. You know, um, so I'm trying to create like a little group of girls that are above average of your normal female performer. Um, you know, and just put my my foot in that. You know, I want to try to get be a part of everything. You know. People say there's not that much money in porn. There's only not that much money in porn if you're just a performer. You know, if you, and that's as a male, as a female, these girls make fucking bang. You know, but as a man, if you're just a performer, you're not going to be making that much money. So you got to figure out different ways to put shit in. You know, so like me, I've always been trying to legitimize my company. You know, it's like 321 is a real porn company. Well, what makes it real? Well, one of the owners is signed to a major agency. You know, they've shot for every company. You know, now they have this clothing line coming out. They got the music stuff coming out. You know, they got the marijuana strain. You know, and now it's like now you know they have their own agency starting. Now, like I said, it's not hit our own agency, but you know, it just brings a little more notoriety, a little more credibility to the We Are Three Two One brand. You know, that we're trying to get in everywhere we can. Will it work out? Who knows? You know, but I'm a dreamer. I'm never going to worry about will it work out or if it won't work out. I'm just doing it. You know, so, you know, we'll see what happens. I just started that just a month ago, you know, so we'll see. I only got one girl signed, so we'll see what happens, you know. But like I said, positive things come to positive people, dude. And then, um, so I'm at FetishCon and um, my lawyer is talking to me about, um, I want to introduce me to a man. So he introduced me to this guy and he has a nightclub opening in Tampa, Florida off of Ebor and it's going to be called The Zoo. Um, it's going to be open in January of 2015, around there. I'm not sure the exact date yet, um, but it'll be open in January. And he set up a meeting. My lawyer set up a meeting between me and him and his wife. And I sat down with them, and he discussed how um, see Tampa is the top fetish community in the whole country, and he knows there's, there's 90 strip clubs in this county or in this city, and um, dancers and porn stars come to Tampa all the time to feature dance. And he wanted to have a club where the girls and men, the adult industry, would have a home. You know, not to strip or anything, just a place where we could come and hang out. And um, he wants to base it on We Are 321. And I looked at my lawyer. I'm like, is he crazy? Is he serious? He's like, yeah. So, yeah, we have this club opening. It's going to be it's adult industry themed. It's going to be house and techno. Um, you know, just good vibe, you know, good vibe music. Um and it'll be based, it'll, it'll have a bunch of our pictures, a bunch of stuff representing us, you know, different shirts or hats or whatever, you know. And I, I, I just think it's a really, really cool idea. Um, I'd, I'd love to go into it more, but I really don't know much more about it yet. It's still in the works. Um, that's all I know. It'll, it will be off Ebor. Um, it will be in Tampa. So um, I'll definitely let you know when that pops off. And I'll definitely have you down there for that. We need to get you up here for the... Um, the Night Moves Awards so we can do a broadcast from there. Or maybe uh, you could have me be your on-scene on fucking guy. I'll call in and let you know what the fuck's going on. 
Well, there you go. We're certainly going to have to talk about so much more, man. Uh, I mean, you're doing the damn thing, and I definitely have to give you props on all of it. Uh, I mean, sounds fantastic. And you're going to have to hook me up with some 3-2-1 swag, because I need need a hat, I need a shirt, I need to be repping the 3-2-1 down here in the MIA and the 305. Of course, man. Anything you want, man. You just let me know. Sounds like a plan. So... How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social networking sites, social media, all of the goodies? You can find me on um, um, you which is up and running right now. I don't have videos yet. But um, you can find me on Twitter at WeR321LLC, Flint Dominic, um, Fuck Flint, which is a new site I'm working on. Um, or you can catch me on Instagram. We are three two one Flint Dominic. Or you can catch our Facebook page. We are three two one Productions. Um, and you know you can catch me wherever there's a convention. Your boy will be there. <laughs> wherever there's a red carpet, I will be there. <laughs> I believe it. <laughs> well, Flint, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Is there anything that you'd like to say to your fans and supporters out there? Just that I love you guys, man. I'm I am nothing without the love of my supporters, where it be my friends, family. I don't ever like to say followers. Like I'm just blessed, and I'm really humbled that there are people that are interested in my life. You know, and I've got I get such good fans. They send me stuff, and 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 they let me know that they care. I mean, I've got some fans that even know when I'm in a bad mood because my tweets aren't right. You know, like. And it's and I love the haters too. You know, you haters that the the ones that don't like me and talk all that shit, just keep it coming because I do it for the love. But the hate motivates me. So, you know, I love all of them genuinely with all my heart, man. Just the fact that you know people want to know what I'm doing, that people give a shit, you know, because it is my life. You know, I have no filter. What you see is what you get. You know, there's no difference between Flint or Dominic. You know. He's, he's just he's the same guy. There's no character, really. That's what's up, man. Well, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview. It was fantastic. I mean, you are so fascinating because you've got your, your hands in multiple cookie jars, which I love. I mean, I think that's certainly something important for people to hear because uh, I think a lot of performers out there just stick to the performing side of the business and and they don't uh, have that entrepreneurial spirit and truthfully the only way that you're going to make boatloads of money in the business is by sticking your hands in multiple cookie jars and that's certainly what you're doing man so I give you many many props and much respect and certainly this is just the first of uh, multiple interviews that are going to be here on the station because uh, we certainly want to follow your career and follow you know the different avenues that you're taking in the industry so uh, you know whenever you have anything that you want to plug and uh, let the fans and the supporters know about you've certainly got a spot here on uh, poppy chulo radio to discuss and anything and everything that you want to talk about so uh, also, just know also, we got your back man thank you man and you guys you know i already talked about it. you'll be the first people to get some of my music so you guys can play it i forgot to give a shout out to future legend it's a mainstream company out of new york that wants that they want me to rep them and they show me so much love um why they've wanted me to rep them, I have no idea. They represent athletes, um, Super Bowl athletes, Ultimate Fighters, um, 
but it is a, it's a lifestyle. It's a great company. Check them out. It's Future Legend out of New York. It's a, it's a great company, a great message. Um, it's owned by the former USDC heavyweight champion, Paul Magliazzi. I probably said the, the belt wrong. And then Phil Barone, the former UFC heavyweight champion. You know, it's a, it's a legitimate mainstream company. And for some reason, they like me repping them, dude. And I fucking, I love them with all my heart. So I forgot to shout them out. So shout out to Future Legend. Fantastic, man. Well, I want to thank you so much for the interview, Flint. Nah, thank you, brother, man. Like I said, anytime, man. You know, I got lots of love for you. Sounds like a plan. Thank you so much, man. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One on One with Poppy Chulo. Tune in for brand new episodes of One on One with Poppy Chulo every Sunday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. Download this episode and many more by visiting poppychuloradio.com forward slash archives. Registered users will gain access to the Poppy Chulo Radio archives of previously aired broadcasts. If you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash poppy chulo radio and like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash poppy chulo radio with that Flint Dominic and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night good night listeners good night take it easy everybody Peace.